it's, it's always interesting when you do something like this because you really never know how it's going to work or if it's going to work. And uh, all of you are going to get to see my best side. How's that look? <laughs> but, you know, one of the things God showed me um, sometime back is I have a gift of faith. And it's really an obnoxious gift. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, it really is because... Uh, I really believe that the way you understand if you have that gift is, as a child, you're a daydreamer. And then as you begin to, to kind of grow into that, most kids are daydreamers, but I think there's a, a daydreamer intensive that happens when you have a gift of faith. And then when you find Christ and the Spirit of God links up with that, what it begins to manifest itself in is this ability to see something that nobody else sees, to be totally convinced of it when everybody's trying to talk you out of it right? And then when you see it manifest, you go, of course, that's the way it's supposed to be. That, to me, is my understanding of the gift of faith. So I can't tell you how many times that I have, oh, and maybe I should add this addendum to it, how many times that once you get it out of your mouth, what you just said, you walk away going, what did I just say? Because it was the Spirit of God that inspired and, and drove that into your system. You know, here's what I want to do today. I want to, I want to take you through as much of this message as I can, and we didn't know timing what it was going to look like, um, and so we're probably just going to kind of just change seats when people come in. Seats still going to be warm as you go out for the next crowd coming in, but I want to give you as much as I possibly can. I want you to know that the impossible in your life resides in the future. Now, that may not sound that profound until you really stop to think about it, the impossible. A lot of people, all they do when they see their, their future is they see problems. They see challenges. They see difficulties. But I want you to know the impossible things that God wants to do in you and through you is in your tomorrow. God wants to lead you into that in that perfect path in that perfect way. Part of what we're doing here as a church and what we're doing here uh, with music is, is really believing that God has set some things in motion for us. Because, you see, until we understand that courage is a kingdom principle, we can't really access uh, what God has for us. Courage is a kingdom principle. Think about that, how powerful that is. In the kingdom of God, nothing was, nothing was more courageous than for God to become man, walk upon planet Earth, and then give himself completely, 100%, for the sins of mankind. That's a pretty courageous thing. What God's Spirit does is God's Spirit awakens in us um, just a spirit of possibility. When, when all of a sudden God starts to awaken you up and you go, wait a minute, that's possible. I can do that. I can do that. I can see that. God begins to show you. And what God did in the Old Testament and the New Testament, he took ordinary, average people like you and I, and he said, let me show you what I can do. Will you link arms with me in a partnership? You do your part, I'll do my part, and we're going to do some amazing things for the kingdom of God. Came across this quote from Bill Johnson. thought it was so good. He says, God draws us into an intimate relationship or friendship with him, and then responds to our desires and prayers, and then answers them. When he does, it releases the courage of eternity in us. Isn't that great? Think about the courage of eternity released in you, powerfully working through you. And it happens in this area of hope. I want to talk to you a little bit about the law of hope. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for. 
the evidence of things not seen. Do you hope for anything in your life? What do you hope for? God says faith can bring that to you. Well, what if I hope for the wrong thing? God will correct that. But when you start to put your heart into the right things, God's going to bring the reality to you. You see, hope is revealed in you by the Spirit of God. It's not something that you just were born with. And think about how powerful hope is. You know, what keeps you going in life is hope. You hope you're going to get well. You hope you're going to get a better job. You hope you're going to get married. You hope your husband's going to be a better husband. You hope your wife's going to be a better wife. You hope your kids are going to be better kids. It's hope that keeps us alive. And you see, as we begin to walk through this, we realize that it's not only revealed by the Spirit, but it's retained in your mind. You know, I was uh, doing some study on memory this week, and I I realized uh, as I began to study through it that memory can be broken down into three areas. The way that we retain things, the the first way that we retain things is what's called operational memory. And operational memory is I get on a bicycle, I can ride the bicycle, I don't have to remember. Now, what do I do? I put my hand on the pedal. No, I got it. It's operational. It works that way. The second area is word. So we, we have words in our mind, and we remember those words, and, and those, are, those are helpful to us. It, it's logic, reasoning, all those other kind of things. But the most powerful and the easily, most easily access, accessible is picture memory. Because in picture memory, we have story, and we have feeling, and we have experience. Now let me show you this, how this works, first of all, in the positive, and then also how it works in the negative. In the positive, you begin to get in your mind, you see something, and you say, that will work. I can do that. Or you have a great experience where you see this this center stage here, and that's why we wanted to change it up a little bit. We wanted to to give you an experience of a picture that's different than you normally have in order to frame it in your mind stronger. This will stay with you a lot longer than if we just did the same thing up there. But let me show you also how this works in the negative. Have you had a bad experience, a setback, a difficulty, a wound to your soul? Have you noticed how easy you can access that? How quickly you can go back to that moment in your life where a tragic event took place? Loss of life, loss of job, medical setback, a friend betrayed you. We all have that experience, don't we? And and, and those are really soul wounds that happen deep within our heart. And sometimes we just say, I wish I could get that out of my mind. And it really goes beyond your mind. It really goes from your mind into your soul, into your emotions, and every aspect of who you are. And I want you to know there is a deliverance from that. There is a freedom from that. There's a healing from that. I want to walk you through just a really simple process in that because I believe it's really important. Whether we finish this message or not, I know we'll finish the second one because we don't have another service after that, so I can just go until Jesus comes back. Amen? Okay, but watch this. I want you to think right now of a very difficult experience in your, in your past. It, it's a reoccurring thing. It comes back to you, maybe not often, maybe once a year, but maybe once a month, maybe every day. It comes back to you. I want you right now to see yourself in that situation, and we're going to change the mental picture in your soul. Okay, do you have it? Okay, now I want you to do is I want you to see in that situation, I want you to invite Jesus into that situation. He's standing right there, whether you're standing there with one person or three people or a group of people, he's standing right there in the midst of you. 
And he asks you some very pointed questions. How do you feel? And you might express it, well, hurt and pain or difficulty or brokenness or betrayal or, you know, hate. What's going on right there? And he says, okay, can you forgive that person? I don't know if I can, Lord. You might be your response. Okay, then hold that thought for a moment. And I want you to imagine that person, what brought them to that place of hurt, betrayal, difficulty, challenge, or whatever you're facing. And imagine that they also were people going through difficulty. Now I want you to see them differently than you see them as the enemy. I want you to see them as a human being that goes through hurt and pain and difficulty and challenge. And there was something that was toxic in them that brought that out and you experienced it firsthand. Now can you just forget, now can you just ask God to restore them for the brokenness they experienced in that moment? To restore them in that moment. Now can you look at that person a little bit different knowing that they were, a lot of what they did to you was coming out of their own toxic lifestyle that they didn't even understand how to deal with. And it could have been generations. It could have gone back one or two or a dozen generations. We don't know. And now maybe you find yourself, you see yourself in that situation and you're weeping because you realize the pain, the difficulty that they went through, you also went through. And if something doesn't change, you're going to pass that on to somebody else. Now I want you to ask, just realize that, that, that pain and that difficulty, that's a spirit, an, an evil spirit that really comes to us and tries to get us off track. And instead of moving in the, in the realm of the spirit for the, for the fruit of the spirit and the love and the joy and the peace and all that stuff, what he does is he brings us back into revenge. He brings us back into hate. He brings us back in, into regret or anything else in your life. Now just ask God to forgive you of that. Take that out of me. Take that spirit out of me. And in, the, and in the place of that, that hurt and that pain and difficulty, would you fill me with a spirit of love and joy and compassion and understanding? And you might say these words right now. You can just say it under your breath. You can say it out loud. I rebuke that spirit of, you fill in the blank. I cast it into the hands of Jesus. And I put a cross between me and the enemy. Holy Spirit, fill me up with joy and power and restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Now, as you begin to operate in the kingdom, you realize that there is a law of the invisible. One of the things we're dealing with here is the invisible. It's not tangible in the sense that I can put my hands around that experience we just had or the faith that you're going to, to, to live with in the days ahead. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, let's look what it says. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And this next part is so powerful. It says, so that the things which are seen are not made with the things which are visible. So God tells us something that we can learn to operate in our life in the not yet. Learn to operate in the not yet. It's not yet there, but it will be there because that's how faith operates. You have to learn how to see more than you currently see. Well, I don't see how this is possible. Exactly. 
That's because you're operating in the natural man versus the supernatural man. So I want to see things that I don't yet see in order to see that which he wants me to see. You see, miracles are really the testimonies of God. When, a te- when something happens in your life, it's really his testimony of what he can do in you and through you. We think it's our testimony, and in a sense it is, but ultimately it's his testimony. It's what he did, right? And we got to experience it. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18 says, We do not look at the things which are seen. And the word seen there, the idea of looking there, is the idea that I gaze long on them and I put value in them as if they're always going to be the same. Have you noticed how everything changes? Everything in life changes except God. Everything changes. You say, well, I don't like change. Well, too late, right? It just changed. But we look to things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. They don't last. But the things which are not seen are eternal. You know what's going to last forever? Your eternal soul. Your brain will not last forever, but your mind will. Your brain is the physical component, but your mind is that which was created by God to allow you to process information in the kingdom and outside the kingdom. Pretty cool, huh? There's also the law of reward, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who what? Diligently seek him. Faith, or what we call risk, in the kingdom is valued above all else. Do you ever think of all the dumb things that God told people to do? He told Jeremiah to walk down the streets of Jerusalem in his underwear. I don't know about you, but that's dumb. It was actually a loincloth, but same thing. It was before BVD. He told Noah to build an ark because it's going to rain, but it had never rained before. It's pretty dumb. Isn't it? I mean, stop and think about it. He told his only son to die on a cross because you messed up. Unless you see that with spiritual eyes, that's pretty dumb. But when you start seeing things with the eyes of God, things start to not, not challenge your reason. They just exceed your ability to reason. When you celebrate what is God has given you, you prove yourself worthy for an increase. See, I think some of the increase that's held up in some people's life is because they're so discontent with what they already have. And God says, if you want me to increase, then what you have to do is allow a spirit of gratitude to rise up in you for what you do have. You see, what happens is my, my very action ignites God's response. Isn't that cool? My action ignites his response. We're sitting there, I'm just waiting on the Lord, and God's going, you're going to wait a long time. Do something. Act. My people will rejoice and see God when they see your good deeds, and then they glorify your Father which is in heaven. Step out of the boat, Peter. You'll see the presence of God. We have to do something. One of the reasons that we created this day the way we did was to give you an opportunity to experience something that would stick in your mind. We said that already. 
But further, we did it this way because we wanted to give you an opportunity to be a part of what we're doing. Some of you can do a little and some of you can do a lot. Some of you can say, you know, the only thing I can give you right now is prayer. And there's an opportunity for that and it's scheduled into that, into that pamphlet you have. Say, I'll be a part of prayer. You say, you know, I'm just flat broke, but I got a spare room. I'm not much of a cook, but I'll cook a lot of it. How's that? You see what happens? We become community. We become a part of it all. You know? And as God blesses you and God guides you, God gives you wisdom, you know, I, I pulled out my app during the worship thing, and I just donated right there to Influence Music. I just said, I'm going to be a part of it. I'm not going to do anything I wouldn't ask you to do. I hope that today has been a, a transformational day for you. I, I hope that in one sense you get a greater sense of just joy in what your church is doing, what your community is engaged in. I hope that the memory of this day is a good memory, but I also hope the memory that you brought in here that was a bad memory, you dealt with at the cross. And you had, a, you had a process whereby you could take toxic things out of your life and replace them with good and positive stuff. Hope that's the case. And I hope you just walk in the joy and the peace and the power of God. You tell everybody you know about how good God is.